0: Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of The Discussion Phase, a board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love to talk about the games we love. I'm your host, Brady. And I'm Matthew. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about building out your game group and answering the question, is it easier to turn a friend into a gamer or a gamer into a friend? And lastly, we're going to be finishing up with our year versus year segment. So stay tuned. And as always, buckle up. Matthew, I've got one question for you right now.
1: And I probably have one answer for you.
0: How many games did you get in this week? Oh, well,
1: this week hasn't been as productive. <laughs> I was out of town for uh, uh, a couple of days this week doing some training for work. And your boy is now a certified wound care specialist.
0: Wow, congratulations.
1: I don't, yeah, we'll see how I that had, goes.
0: I ha, I'm going to have to have you check out this little cat scratch on my wrist over here. I
1: know, I'm following. probably going to have to be making house calls yeah. to, to your condo because your cats are vicious <laughs> and leaving wounds
0: on everybody they come in contact yeah, with. It's getting a, little, getting a little swollen there. But oh, anyways, uh, yeah, it's been a a little bit of a slower week for gaming. Um, I, Tara and I took some time to... Um, play with just us. We've been and we really—it's this is kind of board game adjacent. We've been playing um, through this. Uh, it's like a mail-in um, mystery box kind of thing. So I don't I've know seen if these advertised.
1: I've seen these advertised on Instagram and Facebook uh, a lot. Or if it may—if it's not this specific type you're talking about, but similar type yeah. of stuff to it.
0: The one we have is called Hunt a Killer, and we actually have it secondhand from. Uh, my aunt and uncle who who actually ordered it and everything. Um, so we got it all at once here. And we've been playing through a couple of scenarios with that. But basically, um, each, uh, I guess, episode, you are um, opening it up and trying to solve this overarching um, murder mystery. Uh, but on each episode, you're kind of answering like one question. So uh, what is the murder weapon? Um, and then I believe like in the second episode, we're trying to eliminate suspects. And so, um, I, I don't know where it's going to go. We've only done two episodes, but it's been pretty fun. You, you, um, it's a combination of using physical components, um, on your table, whether that's like letters or documents and things like that. And then like looking up certain aspects of it on this like portal on your computer that is kind of set up to look like You know, some sort of database or something like that.
1: So how does this differ from the classic kind of escape room in a box games that we see a lot? Or I know one by Portal Games was Detective. Um, It was a game that Portal Games put out. And I know there's also Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective.
0: Yeah, Um, I would say it's probably, from what I've heard, I actually haven't played Detective um, but from what I've heard, it's probably most similar to Detective. There's no time aspect of it. And in fact, it's a mm-hmm. good thing because there's a couple of like codes in it that are take a while to decode. Okay, puzzles. Um, yeah. Like, and so it's know, a hidden message. It's a through
1: storyline, but broken up, it looks like you have at least six different episodes here in front yes. of you. And so each episode, you're trying to figure out one thing. Yep. Are you able to progress if you don't get it correct, or it's like, hey, you tried to get it, I think incorrect, you, here's the yeah, right answer.
0: Basically what happens is you, once you think you've found the answer to the question, mm-hmm. you email the like head detective um and you have the answer written in the email. It's a little fiddly actually because um, we did get it right and I tried to be all thematic and... Um, because it says in the game that you just have to have it somewhere in the email. And so I tried to be automatic and write an actual email out to this person but you could just write the one word the one word yeah and so we I wrote out this long elaborate email and sent it and it said basically that's not right go back and then Tara said just write the word I wrote the word and then it came back and said that you that's right all right congratulations oh, so <laughs> Have so. you played
1: any of the escape room in a box? Exit type yes, games. I
0: played a lot of the exit games, and How does actually, this one unlock is what those are. Um, and those you don't throw away. The the exit games you do throw away, and those, um, at least when we initially played through the first set of them or whatever, were really mind blowing um, because they just used crazy out of the box puzzles. Um, and I I'm a big fan of escape rooms. I played a lot of actual real life escape rooms. And the exit games, I think, did the the best job of turning that into like a little board game. And kind of, you know, have you ever done an escape room?
1: I did an escape room, I think, twice. Okay. Two well, or I, three would times. Say, I
0: would say the one cornerstone to like a really good escape room is when you find the other room. Because you usually start in a room. And you have to crawl through
1: little yeah, way a little passageway. Yeah, a little passageway
0: or something. Room. But when you don't see that coming, that's when like like my jaw drops and there's been a couple of escape rooms like that. And so exit has a couple of moments like that where you you just did not see that part coming and it just kind of blows your mind.
1: One of the coolest actual escape rooms I ever did was probably four years ago. Um, It was essentially the premise was you were going into this cabin that was housed by DB Cooper and you're trying to find his gold and stuff. So you go into this room and then you walk in. And it's kind of like a cabin, a log cabin. you got a rocking chair, fireplace, mantles, a cabinet, dresser, some stuff on um, some pictures and stuff up. And so we're just doing stuff. And we eventually unlock a secret passageway, like an actual secret hallway. Yeah. yeah. They have to shimmy through. And then you kind of go back behind another wall. And it's like this secret lab with yeah, all of yeah. his um, kind of mystery type stuff. And it was like. The one thing is like, I wish we got all the way through because we just ran out of time because it was like, it's like we spent half our time in this one basic room and then we realized there's a whole other room you got to go into. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, that's a cornerstone. If you are designing an escape room and it doesn't have another secret room... That just is a hard right
1: turn on the theme or what's really going on.
0: You're doing it wrong. But anyways, I can see why this is so popular and I did not realize they were kind of marketed on Instagram and Facebook and everything. But, um yeah like it's it's cool it's like uh i can see why um it's a very popular version of they just have better marketing I well a
1: popular one has for years has been a really highly uh touted especially by like shut up and sit down has been sherlock holmes consulting detective uh for a while it was out of print there several years ago it was like super expensive people were paying 200 dollars for copies of it but it's just i haven't played it but my understanding is um, it has a lot of stuff in the box that is really thematic to the time period of Sherlock Holmes in the 1800s and whatnot. So you have like newspapers and documents yeah, yeah. that you're reading that through is. and you're finding information through all this kind of like tactile, um, thematic type of stuff that would be in that time setting.
0: Yeah, there in this game, this Hunt a Killer game, um, there's like little handwritten messages and different like ledgers and all kinds of stuff that you, you're getting. And so you're kind of, it does feel pretty pretty accurate because you play the part of like a uh, this, um, PI private detective and or yeah. private investigator, and so you're kind of going through and you email the other lady back and forth a little bit, um, and so yeah, you, it kind of does feel like a little bit of a private detective, like you're coming through documents and stuff and trying to find evidence and all yeah. that kind of
1: stuff. I li- would like for us to do that as a, a a night with the guys. I've actually never played any of the escape or unlock. Did you ever play exit. Chronicles of Crime? I played one. Um, I played one scenario with David and his wife Sam. Um,
0: what did you think about that one? <sighs> I think it, it seemed was a super little cool.
1: It was intera- It was really cool the way you interacted with things, right? But I, at least the story that I was in, I felt kind of pretty early on. It's like, hey, this is probably ninety five percent of what's up, what's happening. We just had to figure out mechanically how to get to trigger it. the certain stuff to happen. But the story, I didn't feel. I didn't feel was I didn't get the puzzly nature as much as did you connect dot A to B to C versus I thought or I found out this thing organically.
0: Yeah, I guess the, that may be the only thing. The only thing with Chronicles of Crime is if you're playing it with more than say two people, you are essentially just passing your phone back and forth the whole time, or one person is just scanning, 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 scanning. Yeah. Um, and the other people are just asking, well, what, what does it say? And you're reading stuff out loud. F- and so it doesn't have that tactile feel that you're I, talking I about. I feel where-
1: like I would enjoy more of a tactile feel because I know some of those exit unlocks you got like the physical objects that you're trying to, pro- I've never played them, but like my understanding, is you, you either move them or hold them up or arrange them or put things together. And so it's all about how you interact with the pieces in front of you. Is that, yeah. is mm-hmm. that pretty accurate how yeah. it, it is? I think that'd be really, I mean, and they play up to four, Players or whatnot for some of those. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to find one that I know you've done several, but I'm sure there's plenty that you haven't
0: done. Yeah, we need to do um, uh, a lot of like an actual escape room. To me, those are awesome. I, yeah. the, if if we ever go on vacation or whatever, one of the first things I do. Um, in any given city is like look up the local escape rooms yep. because they are so much fun if you get a really good one. And well,
1: my only hesitancy about sometimes doing escape rooms is I do not want to do an escape room with people I don't know. Yes, um, because, that is true. Because, you have to have
0: a solid group of like yeah, six or eight. And people or that
1: you know and you know well, because I've been in escape rooms with... Half the people in there, I didn't know. And so That's you're right. like, what do I say to these people? How do I say that? And then I've been in escape rooms with people that I kind of knew, but I wasn't, I, I was acquaintance with, cause maybe to school or something, but I wasn't friends with, um, and I can definitely, the enjoyment me to get out, to be able to like, you know, how to interact and talk with your friends. When the night, the time is counting down, you're getting stressed. You can yell across the room at each yeah. other <laughs> and you never have the, the thoughts of, Hey, is this person going to get offended or upset or if how do I, I like i don't want to have to think about how to interact with somebody i just want to go and just let things be moving yeah, yeah. right um and i think it'd be fun we have a couple of escape rooms around here um, yeah and i know they cater on to different group sizes in
0: little bitty johnson city which is where we currently are the escape room quality is not quite as high i, as I haven't done I any of the ones here
1: be. i've done um some of the in ones Knoxville. where i'm
0: from in chattanooga there's a place called Chattanooga Escape Experience I think is the name. They all of theirs are phenomenal and that they have like 5 maybe because they have and to I've compete with each
1: other to be good.
0: Yeah. Right? And when he was the first one there and it was a a local business it wasn't some like mass mass produced version. Um, I know there's yeah. a few of those around the country. Um, but, yeah, we every time a new one came out from him, we always went and did yeah. it because they were so awesome.
1: Yeah, there's a handful in Knoxville. I'm pretty sure Astral probably has a, has a handful as well. And the big thing is, though, you you don't know what you're getting into beforehand. That's kind of the whole premise. I don't know the yeah, quality yeah. of the escape room. And so that's a little bit of a...
0: Yeah, you got to read those Google reviews. And I will say, we recently just got burned real bad. My, my family and I, and they love escape rooms too, went down to... Um, Florida and this one place had these like m- amazing glowing reviews um it was a very touristy place um but it was bad it was really bad and you yeah. wouldn't you would have not known yeah, from they tricked the reviews you. would <laughs> you like to play my
1: escape room and you walk in and it's just a blank empty yes. room
0: it was just, there was no music there was like not very little of that tactile feel that you're talking about where kind of people can go around different corners and just play around and mess with stuff yeah it, i think a really cool idea
1: for an escape room is you walk in um and then all of a sudden you turn on the lights and it's just a big empty room
0: my my thing Empty. You ready yeah. i wanted to this is my grand idea for an escape room you walk in and it's you have to escape either like a submarine or something that is flooding and so you walk in and there's water on the to, floor just to just, freak people out just thematically like you like it starts filling up with about two inches of water just to really, just to fire the nerves up. Um, and so you kind of feel yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is really happening.
1: Yeah, one I did was themed, um, was with Joker when the Dark Knight and stuff was coming out. You did what? It was Joker themed or maybe been Riddler Ridden, uh, from okay. like Batman. And you're going in this and you're kind of a detective kind of locker room um, kind of um, police kind of offices and stuff. And there's all kinds of puzzles and riddles and there's a bomb. You have to find the keys to activate it in the code. Um, I don't know that I've ever actually completed an escape room. Matthew, successfully. That's
0: embarrassing. My At least I can't do that. I, we need to go. We need to take you to a real escape room. Well, we I got, need real people to play we've got with me. Gatlinburg, which is the Las Vegas of the South for those who don't know. Um, and they have a lot of great escape rooms down there. Okay. So. We need,
1: we, we need to make a weekend of it. See what the yeah. other guys are going on. Um, one game I did get in, um, in the past week, and it's one of those games where if we had a list of like games that got better over time and the more, more you play it, the more enjoyable it was and the more you wanted to play it and just every play was better than the previous one, uh, it's Roll for the Galaxy. I remember this is a game, I think Steven is the only one who owns a copy of it. Uh, we re-implemented Race for the Galaxy. Um, there's, I think it's New Frontiers or High Frontiers, kind of more of a board game, Puerto Rico version of it, um... But it's one of those games to where if you haven't played it a lot and don't know because a lot of stuff is it's the, essentially you're gaining worlds or discoveries. Um, and you're pulling these tiles out of the bag that you're trying to develop or explore or conquer.
0: And wait just a second. Sorry. Did you say race or roll for the galaxy?
1: It's roll for the galaxy. For I I mentioned, it was, it was based on race. Um, but there's a, just a giant bag of all these tiles. Um, and obviously, you can't spend half an hour, an hour before the game going through every single one of those tiles. And so it's one of those things like I have no idea what to expect that this game is bringing me. But the more and more I play it, and I'm becoming more familiar with the, the, um, the, opportunities for scoring and comboing and stuff. Uh, I really like it, and I really really love um, the mechanic. And I think Ares Expedition put it in there uh, for their game. Is you know everyone secretly picks an action behind a screen. I love games that have screens and stuff hidden information, and then you reveal. And then whichever actions people selected is what collectively everyone can do. But then sometimes everyone is picking the same action. So it's a decision of, should I pick this action? Because I think you may pick another one that I want. So it's like, I'm trying to get more actions out of it. But like, what if he doesn't? I really need that previous action. Um, and I think it's really great tension um, in a game. So, but it's one of those games I actually finally won. I think I, I scored 41 points in it. It was the first time I've actually won it after like six or seven
0: plays. But. Nice. I am not the biggest fan of Roll for the Galaxy. To well, me, how many times have that, you played it? Uh, probably two or three times. It, and to me, it, it's it, that iconography just kills that game for me. It looks like whoever designed that game because the box looks great. That mm-hmm. dice on the on the box looks amazing. Um, but when you open that bad boy up, it looks like somebody googled just the blandest um, clip art and designed that game with it. And and that's what you end yeah. up with. And it's I
1: will it's say, way. even when I was playing the game for the second or third time, I wasn't enjoying. It It wasn't probably until I got to the fourth or fifth that I started to enjoy it. And then the sixth or seventh, where I felt like I was actually competing with it. Gotcha. Um, but uh, we probably need we need to try High Frontiers. It's either I always get confused? Either High Frontiers or New Frontiers uh, is the more board game version of it. Everything's more laid out. It's a lot more clear. The iconography and stuff is a little updated, and it has the mechanic to where on your turn you choose from an available action. If you're the one who chooses that action you get that action plus a little bit of a bonus and then everyone else takes that action so it's one of those games where everyone i think the puerto rico style where everyone's constantly involved in the game okay whereas in roll for the galaxy you just activate it everyone takes those activated actions if you put dice in it um but this one everyone is doing an action it's just on your turn you select what that action is and you can get the bonus
0: gotcha Um, okay
1: uh, also, too, real quick, before we get into today's main topic, I was thinking about games that are house-ruled when we did that, um, and there were a couple, well, one main one that kind of came to me after we had already kind of talked about it, and that uh, was Abomination, Era Frankenstein.
0: Oh, yeah. That is a game
1: that not only...
0: Major house rules.
1: That were even the designer put out and the publisher, Plat Hat yeah, Games, yeah. they put out like two, there was a Prometheus variant and an Igor variant um, because of just how long the game was and how much randomness and no mitigation little to no mitigation of the dice that you had to roll to activate um, your the body parts when you get
0: you know abomination i feel like for whatever reason because the theme is amazing is an easy game to forget about because i i think you have it you're the only one who has it and it's fun i've enjoyed it every time i played it but we rarely bust bust that one i don't know
1: what it is but whenever we get out and we're actually playing it it's like super immersive and super thematic it's just it's a legit solid worker placement you have regular workers more powerful worker, um, and you're choosing like, do I go here with my basic worker? Or I don't go and guarantee that with my, little, my more powerful worker. Um, do I go after which body part? So go after first and then activating. So, what the, the real big crux is you have to roll these dice that are electricity to activate your body part to
0: become living. Oh, yeah. And you can I can just forgot get about com- that part. completely hosed. And so uh, I remember, yeah, it was the first or second game that those dice just. Absolutely destroyed me, destroyed me. Yeah. I was like, this cannot be, like, I can't play this intense Euroe worker placement game. For two, and at the uh, very well, end, to try to get my guy alive, yeah, and I got to roll dice. And
1: people were having, and the, the game was lasting up to three hours for people without, before they put in some of these variations to shorten it up. Um, but they added in ways to get, give yourself free rolls to control mitigation, um, to where some of the faces on the die you could choose the effect that came yeah, with it. Yeah. And it made it a lot more palatable, right? It actually had some decisions how many dice you want to roll or do I want to save some stuff. So I the dice that I do roll, I get more re-rolls or more control over. Yeah,
0: it. you know, that one comes off to me as one they probably could have play tested a little more because Yeah. Who that- yeah,
1: who enjoy hey, this three hour game is fantastic, especially at the end. We just roll dice and yeah, to play to for another hour. Wins,
0: yeah, um, yeah, that one I feel like they definitely could have played yeah. that a little yeah. but bit, but it does add, add some good tension
1: because I, I the past several times we played, you know, everyone's pretty close there at the end, and, and we're watching these rolls, so it does have yeah. a little bit of tension. And, but the
0: major caveat now is that we play with those house rules, so it makes it a lot better.
1: Well, yeah, well, they're official too, um and then like you start with some body parts already done, and they change some of the scoring stuff, and so literally within a week or two after the game had been put out, it wasn't a Kickstarter is plat hat game pre-orders and stuff just within a week or two, they already, the designer had like official variants. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't have put that in the rule book. Cause like, Hey, because a lot of games. I really appreciate it. Would you like a longer medium or shorter version of your game? That's true. We have like, some different uh, ways to set Dinosaur it up. Dinosaur
0: Island has. Yeah.
1: Um, even something that we don't ever really get to the table. Um, but also by plat hat um, dead winter, you can choose difficulty and length of game. Do you want a short hard game or do you want a long easy game? Yeah. Because they have all those different variants, so more games need to do that.
0: All righty. Well, let's jump right in here to our main topic. Um we've kind of Matthew gotten to a point where we have a great solid game group. Fantastic. Um, and unfortunately, we just have David leave and the thing is he is, gosh, he, is a he's a right
1: dri- he he's within driving range. He yeah. just hasn't come back to see us. Yeah. So we're gonna have to go and take a weekend to go see him. Yeah. Because uh, his wife Sam gave him permission to once a month at least, to come down, <laughs> spend the weekend in Brady's uh spare bedroom here, uh, and hang out with the guys. He is coming down for his birthday though.
0: Oh, and uh, we next do, month. and we do have our our little local board game cabin trip coming up. With That's um, right. We
1: officially picked the dates for our um, yeah. Our board we, game.
0: I don't know if we booked the the cabin yet or not, but we've got, we got did. that. We've got that slated. Yeah, and the so third week back. of
1: uh, third week of October.
0: And so for, and I know there's a lot of lonely gamers out there. I have been one of them in the yeah. past, and I think I know we we've, we've kind of talked in the past about um, like acquiring games. And I think one of the main drivers for buying way too many games is that you're not actually playing yeah. games,
1: or in your mind you're quitting physical copies of games to to physical time playing it with other people. Yes. And it doesn't always equate.
0: um, We want to talk about, because we kind of have had success now building out a great solid game group and even multiple ones. I know you've got um, the one that you do at your church and we've got like some family friends that play games and that sort of thing. So let's talk about building out a game group and really this eternal question of do I convert my friends into gamers, or do I go out and find gamers and turn them into friends? And which one that has tended to work out better? Yeah,
1: I remember watching a Dice Tower Top Ten video uh, on YouTube, and it was on like top ten most annoying things or harmful things to board gaming or the hobby of gaming. And one of these was um, people who wanted everyone they knew regardless of their gaming level, to get to like these Brass Birmingham's or TI4 level games. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oh, you like Catan? Or, oh, you like um, Ticket to Ride? Or oh, you like uh, uh, Sorry of Trouble? Okay, which games do we have to play to get you to TI4 and yeah, to yeah. all these like, heavy Euros? Like there's like
0: one journey, yeah. one gaming journey that like, you're on. Oh, you then, like
1: Catan? That's not good enough. We got yeah, to get you to just next super level. heavy gamer. I have always, and that's kind of the instance of taking friends and turning them into gamers. I have... Felt like at least for me, and I think you may be a little different. Um, had a little maybe more success turning gamers into friends. Um, because when I and I mentioned what we talked about before, when I first got started getting into the hobby, I had friends that we kind of we got in together. We started playing stuff like Catan, uh, Dead of Winter, some Ticket to Rides, um, some Betrayal um, type games, but it never, I think the, the furthest it ever went to is like Blood Rage. I got through, I don't know how, but for whatever reason, they, they got into Blood Rage. Um, but like it never really progressed after that. I was really, I was the only one buying the games, really the only one getting into Honestly, it. Honestly,
0: if you're stopping a blood rage, that's a pretty decent yeah. place to stop.
1: Yeah. But they, they never, they, <laughs> they enjoy playing the games, enjoy playing games together, but it never kind of, they I would now not classify them as gamers or anything like that. Um, and we're still, we're still great friends, but we never really, we don't really, especially after this all pandemic and people got more busy with work and everything, we, it, they're not as motivated to find the time to game, whereas we'll still go get dinner, do stuff as friends. It's just gaming yeah. isn't a priority with that. Um, and so, on the other hand, you know, with you, when we first met, we. Didn't know each other. We met through a mutual friend, which who actually was one of the one of my other friends that you know played games with and got into gaming. You know, we met playing Spikeball, Brady, um, and so we really didn't know each other until after we started playing games together. Yeah, um, and I think that's the same way with everyone in our game group: uh, the John, David, Stephen, uh, Jacob. You, um, the first time we ever really hung out or did anything was kind of in a gaming setting or at one of our house first
0: actually so that's not true so i've seen like both sides of this and and with you we met playing spike ball and then through whatever conversation i don't even remember it at this point but we got to board games and then you and i you kind of have this what i call the measure up where you talk you're like oh what what kind of games do you play and you're like have you ever heard of Catan? and you're like oh okay well have you played anything else besides Catan? and you kind of have that moment of like are we do, are, are, we, we, are we on the same level? we jiving? Yeah, are we jiving? And picking up
1: what I'm putting down.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I we had that moment, but um, Jacob and I were friends um, before we yeah. were gamers. And I remember earlier on, we would play like Super Smash Brothers and uh, we had a lot of like church activities that we did. Um, but I started slowly getting him more involved with games. And I have never um, seen anyone dive so hard into a hobby as... Jacob did, and yeah. I remember the first time that I walked into his house. Uh, I, we were meeting for whatever re- for some reason, and I walked in, and he was watching a dice tower video. Yeah. And that's when you know you know Because he's you're, just
1: gone off the deep end. Yeah, you taking your own personal time to, like I said, the one of the best part about the hobbies is time learning more or researching yeah, more into the, research. the hobby. And so, and Jacob is full into yeah. all of it. You know?
0: And I think that's that's the real difference between gamers and non gamers is gamers will take that time. They don't let the games come to them. Yeah. They go out and look for the games where a, a non gamer is perfectly happy with you introducing them to a game yeah. whenever you do. But then when not games are not on their mind or yeah. on their radar or whatever. So, um, and so within our game group, I feel like I met you, you were a gamer. I met Jacob. He was a friend Though I, I, we turned in. I'm going to take credit for that. We turned into a gamer, and then I feel like John was kind of in the middle a little bit, honestly, because I remember he had played a couple of like collectible card games, um, and and uh, hero clicks, I think. Um, yeah. But we met him through church. He moved down from uh from up north to the south. Upstate New York. Yeah. Uh. Well, he was in. What, he was in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. For, I was for, Canada, uh, for work. Time. Yeah, and then um, they moved him down. Yeah, and so he came down. Uh, I think he met with Jacob, and Jacob brought up games like he does, and yeah. uh, and so he's like, "All right, we'll come to the." And I, it was so Do funny you at hang the out time. with the guys. Yeah, it was so funny at the time because we, I think, at that point we had we had five of us, um, and we were kind of joking that we were having like tryouts or whatever, yeah. or or auditions. Um, and so we had him come and audition. We played champions of Midgard and he loved it. Um, he went back and was just like ready for the next game. And we kind of knew immediately that John was, was going to be the new ad- addition to the group. But and then and that was kind of like a, yeah, a little bit of a middle ground conversion. Cause he was, he was already familiar with some of the stuff. I think he'd played games like dominion and whatnot. Um, but he was just ready to go next level on it.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then with, and Steven and but Steven and um, David um, both met both of them to kind of the kind of weekly or weekly or whenever it is, the kind of a community gaming group and stuff we'll do. Uh, that's where I met them. Um, and we both met them, but they kind of had more of an interest of getting together and doing, you know, you could tell that they were more than just, Hey, let's just play some games or showing up. They were active and enjoying the hobby. Um, and we were able to Kind of dive into more games, more than just the casual type stuff. I think one of the very first things that we actually went over to David's house and played with him was Brass. I believe he's like, "Hey, I just bought a copy yeah. of Brass." I, we played and a game. You of Stone Age. know, he's yeah. deep
0: in the sauce when he pulls that out.
1: Yeah, we played a game of Stone Age together there with his wife Sam, and then he's like, "Hey, I just bought Brass." And I was like, "Awesome, let's <laughs> let's, let's, let's it. learn it and let's play it."
0: Um, yeah, and so you kind of t- mentioned your community game group, which is a great way for a lot of people um, to me and we're kind of here in a smaller town, but there's like lots of uh, towns and cities with these sort of game groups groups. where they're on. Yeah. yeah, It's either on meetup is a decent place for it. um, Not just for board games for kind of all kinds of stuff. Um, And then there's Facebook and Reddit, all kinds of communities where you can sort of come in and find uh, people who are playing games. And so have you had much experience with that other than the one, that you lead?
1: No. Around here, it seems like everyone, most people are using Meetup. There's a couple yeah. other gaming groups and stuff, and it's all done through Meetup, um, is the one at least that I see is used most often.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I use one when I was in college. I had, I was probably surrounded with a lot of friends, a lot of good friends that really were not gamers. And I was kind yeah. of the only one who was building a collection of games and trying to find new ones and i would introduce it to them and i remember i introduced some of my friends to jamaica the yep. game which is not anything like stellar or amazing it's a good game but it's
1: different i've played that a week or two a game with my uh, my aunts mom and dad and when i explained to them what we were doing I was like they were they always like wow that's different
0: yeah and they Fell in love with it and it became, it was one of these things that non-gamers tend to do where they think it's, they have just discovered the greatest game ever and that is the only game they want to play. And so I introduced it to them and then we played for months of just Jamaica, which is hilarious to even think about. Um, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, (laughs) it got intense. But uh, I found a meetup group and this was one of those things where I kind of wanted to recruit like a friend to go with me Um, because the, the meetup groups can really be hit or miss. Like you can go there and people are just really um, not the friendliest people or they're kind of like their own uh, thing. And so you're kind of this outsider. I don't know. And so I remember we went there and got, we this one guy recruited us to play um Agricola and he kind of half taught us the rules, and then just proceeded to decimate us in that game. And I have never, I've never
1: played it since. It's one of those guys. Hey, this is my favorite game. I just need to find a couple suckers. Yeah, to couple sit down. suckers,
0: and so we got roped in as those suckers. Um And so I think I may have went back to that game group one or two times, but it never took off, and I never felt like or had that moment of like, these are my people type of yeah. thing. Um, and so to me, there's a little bit of a middle ground, but I would probably lean towards um, pl- like turning friends into gamers. And yeah. I would almost, I would rather go down to their gaming level and play more Whatever casual the, games yeah. than play with, just super gamers that are hyper competitive um and all that and and just kind of play to play the game i've always enjoyed mm, the more like people aspect of gaming yeah because you we know. talk about it
1: all the time that's what we enjoy uh because it's it's i look at games as something that i do with my friends more than it's like i want to get my friends to do with me i don't know if that makes sense but like yeah. a board games is just something that facilitates communication and friendly competition and exploration and discovering something new and you know when john sends us a message or you're you're sending us a message and saying hey guys let's get into song of ice and fire or john's yeah. like let's get into this new tabletop miniatures game and stuff and it's it's a medium for us to get excited and share things and stay connected throughout the week uh we're messing each other on monday afternoon when we're ready for the work day to get over just so we can get Uh, together to play Gloomhaven Session, right? It's a medium for us to to share collective experiences and to share collective emotions, highs and lows, frustrations, excitements together. Um, And And that's
0: true. Um, You actually, you bring up a good point. We we originally were going to talk about this because it kind of had nothing to do with the topic, but um, recently I have been kind of looking at uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, the Miniatures game, and I've kind of liked Miniatures games. I've liked Um, x-wing in the past yeah the only reason why i don't i don't play x-wing is because really none of you all do and i don't love the game enough to go out um some random game store meet random people just to play the game and that is you know it's a miniatures game so it's innately competitive and you can just run into some real jerks out there yeah. playing x-wing you what, take it what's that, way too what's seriously what's that funny
1: video that uh, john always sends us it's this uh two guys playing magic the gathering
0: and he like flips the table and this
1: one guy just goes combo after combo after combo <laughs> yeah, blocks yeah. all this guy's cards, and this guy literally loses his mind puts his hands on the table looks at the other guy pauses and then flips the table <laughs> and <then> flips <laughs> yeah. the
0: table and so yeah so that's the thing so i love that game but I don't love it enough to go out and play it with like hyper-competitive strangers. And so um, when we're thinking about going into A Song of Ice and Fire, the main consideration is, well, is John going to come with me or is Matthew going to come with me in this? Um, Because I don't necessarily... There there probably is a group somewhere around here who plays that game, but I don't necessarily want to put in the effort... um, to find them and locate them because it can be kind of hard uh but also i don't necessarily want to like go and play with strangers and do like tournaments and stuff like that it just gets way too in some questionable
1: shady areas of town
0: yeah 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 um so yeah that's a good point of like yeah. you know when it comes to these more collectible style games you kind of want your like your friends to go in it with you
1: yeah and I, I will say, kind of kind of, from the perspective, let's say you're somewhere, wherever you're living, and maybe you're the main gamer, right? Your family may put up with you, or they'll enjoy the one yeah. game every every now and then, the lightweight game. But you are you see all these games, right? You're full into the hobby. You see all these games are coming out on Kickstarter and constantly have to pass on Kickstarters because you have no one to play with. Or you see these games, but you know that the people that you're – you know, your friends or your family, they're not going to get into that. So what do you do? I think – the situation where a friend turning into the gamer, like with Jacob, I think it's such a rare unicorn type of thing. Because like when we're talking about someone who is a gamer, that's someone who's like actively pursuing the hobby versus what you said before. Whereas some friends, they'll, you bring a game to them, they go, oh, that's cool. That's neat. That's a game is dumb. They don't think about gaming anywhere else. And so, you know, if I was in that situation, um, I, I'd probably was kind of, you know, looking at the meetups in the on Board Game Geek or on Facebook um, to kind of different gaming communities to try and find those people and see if you connect over stuff. Cause I know you've had people from work or other friends from church or just other friends that we've had kind of come in for different play groups and stuff, or we're playing different games and we bring people in and it always kind of those, Hey, that's cool. that's interesting. Okay. We're going to go do something else or yeah, 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 halfway yeah. through the game. They got to get up and go leave or um, they're only showing up because they couldn't afford to go do anything else on
0: date night type yeah, yeah. stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. And um Yeah, so I have some uh family though the Robertsons that we play every now and then. And I would say, um, so it's my aunt and uncle, and they have four boys. And I would say one of them um, and his girlfriend are the gamers, and the other three are are non-gamers. They're totally down to play games like just about any time, but they are not actively seeking it out but yeah. i remember um they they all love wingspan but i was talking to uh hank and his girlfriend about our wingspan the trading card game thing
1: oh, have we talked about that? i think we've talked about that on the the podcast
0: before maybe yeah so we we if we haven't i'll quickly recap we kind of played around with the, this idea of, since we all have a copy of Wingspan.
1: And some of the expansions.
0: Yeah, of essentially building our own 100-card deck, sort of like Magic the Gathering Wingspan style, and and playing from just our deck. So you and I would essentially duel with birds. Um, yeah. So I just kind of casually brought that up to them, and they were about it. They are like, that sounds incredible. And so I remember Katie-Ann was like thinking about birds that she would want to put... And yeah. you know, her deck and that like the, when the light goes off like that, I'm just like, oh, you, like you're, you're there, you're a gamer. You're yeah. not a non-gamer. You, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> most, anyone else you'd
1: mention that to, they're like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Why would you want to do that? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, but it all just, I think kind of really depends on your situation scenario. I know, uh, David messaged us the other day, uh, and where he's uh, now at, um, is it, it's Danville. What, uh, Virginia? Virginia. Uh, he said he met a couple guys. I don't, I don't, he didn't really mention how he met them. I don't know if it was maybe through church or other friends in the area. Uh, but one of them, I think he said he really likes risk and that's all he likes to play. I think another guy, maybe Stratego, and that's all he likes to play. He's like, he's like, guys, I found some gaming, gamer potential. Yeah. Where, and then it is met.
0: kind of funny when you find that potential because it's sort of like, you know, like a scout at like a kid's little league thing where yeah. you're watching. You're like, what, oh, this, what could this they kid? Be? Yeah. What could they be? Yeah. And so he um, messaged <laughs> us and
1: say, what he's like, guys, what, what is the game that I can introduce them to, to get them off of Stratego? Yeah, which is funny. Cause
0: risk. I lo- like risk was how I got into the hobby. For me, it wasn't Catan. Catan was like the next step, but risk was it. When I was in high school, we yeah. played so much risk. Um, and we still need to bust out risk legacy. Sometime.
1: Do you have an you have an unplayed copy, don't you?
0: I do. Not even opened. Let's do opened. it. I know. I know. We what, got a we lot of stuff to get. Look
1: look up and see what what player count would be best at.
0: I think it's well, it plays up to five. I'd I'd want to play it at five.
1: You want to play it at five? Yeah, absolutely. Why not four?
0: Because <laughs> we got five people in the group, homie. Oh my
1: gosh, I feel. Like, how long would a five player game of Risk? I mean, that theoretically could go no, no, hours. No, 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 no. No, no. Uh, no
0: you this you sound very casual right now if you're playing like a solid game of risk with all the rules and stuff correctly then it shouldn't last longer than like two hours okay like the way yeah the people who play these like two day long versions of risk it's the same people who play like monopoly wrong and all that kind of stuff okay
1: because I I, I I don't think I could sign up for a four hour game of risk
0: no 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 it, it and I would imagine like this version is even more streamlined and probably quicker than the old school risk yeah
1: yeah, we need to, we need to check at least at least try try it out at least just have it sit on their shelf. But it's gonna be interesting though, because yeah. uh, Jake uh, excuse me David said he's gonna to have to try to take them on a journey. Yeah, and I was kind of like David, what gamer are you trying to get them to?
0: Yeah, and yeah, David, best of luck to him. He is in an interesting place, and I remember um, being there myself when we lived in Asia. I knew I was gonna be there with like no gamers, and I had a small suitcase full of games um, and the only reason i was able to bring them is because i busted them all out of their original boxes and put them in like plastic uh like tupperware boxes yeah. kind of thing um and kind of had all the boards stacked together so i had a handful of games like maybe 10 or so um and they were all i kind of really went back down a few levels and brought all games that like non-gamers would play and it was fun i like i I wouldn't go back to that time and be like, oh man, that was a bummer because I didn't have any, you know, we weren't playing like Great Western Trail and Scythe and all that kind of stuff. But you also
1: didn't know about those games.
0: Uh, Well, this year, or in our year versus year, would tell you otherwise. Otherwise. So. Yeah. Well, I think that, <laughs> that's
1: the thing too, is like, since we knew each other, like our... I not You may not say as much because I know you're still like you're one of your favorite games. Then was Concordia still one of your favorite games now? Absolutely. At least for me, having people that I knew I could explore new games with. That's the thing is like when you're with a people that aren't as excited into the hobby, they're not as eager to learn games because you know people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People it's don't want to learn a new real games. chore for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so having the opportunity to explore new games, new genres, new you know everything from Pax games to heavy euros to dudes on whatever it may be like mm. there are games that we've got and we've got played and explored that we wouldn't have been able to do yeah. otherwise
0: so um, like gamers when you're explaining all these rules their eyes sort of light up with the possibilities and non-gamers when you're explaining all these their eyes sort of glaze over with when is this going <laughs> to end yeah and
1: that because for me that's like one of the most like little magical things like when I don't know anything about this game but when i hear you start describing the rules and what we're doing i start getting excited yeah
0: yeah i'm like ooh, yeah that sounds like the route i'm gonna take on the uh, like playing the game and strategies and stuff
1: yeah and i think it too when we talk about like trying to turn someone into a gamer by either i wouldn't say forcing them into it but kind of steering them versus letting them discover it on their own i think kind of like you can kind of equate it to at least for me you you may feel differently you kind of chime in whenever someone comes up to me and say hey I just heard this really awesome song I think it's the best gonna be best song of the year hear, take a listen to it and I don't know any context I don't know anything about it and they just put that song up to my ear I'm listening to it I'm just I may be like yeah cool I've never been like every time someone I know at least back in high school people were just sharing around their iPods and earbuds hey listen to the song hey listen to the Hell song yeah. and if I didn't have any background or any understanding I may say hey yeah that's neat or cool but I never was like interested I always felt if I came to it with my own interest, or I was interested beforehand about it, or I knew a little bit of something about it, I was more engaged in what they were showing me. And I think that's the real big difference with trying to turn someone into a gamer is, you know, having someone that already has an interest or a desire so that when you do show it to them, they're wanting to engage with it versus just like, hey, Come, come to my house we're gonna play this game and they're just like I don't really know anything about it yeah what are you for showing me, me? for it's, me feel it's uncomfortable. sports.
0: and I I feel like that's one of the first places that like men manly men go when they're having like casual conversations it's like oh yeah so what football team and I am so far from that and you know this sports ball, I brand. cannot I cannot hold a conversation about sports and I feel so sorry when I when I'm at a place, a hangout or whatever, and some guy, you know, walks up to me or I walk up to him and they're we're trying to connect there and they, you know, want to talk about sports and I'm like, sorry, I'm bro. I sorry, can't do man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the best I can over here. And then yeah. Brady always
1: pulls out his just random generic sports quotes yeah, yeah. or just generic sports things. Like, man, did you see Tom Brady this year? Man, he's really stinking it up. Yeah, and he'll yeah. just say the most controversial thing he can find <laughs> And and people get so
0: frustrated. Well, I just pick up like what other people are saying. So you will say some name. I've literally never heard about it before. And I'll be like, Yeah, he's garbage or and, something. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> so Brady will say this and then the person, either myself or whoever, whether it's soccer or football or basketball, we'll start just losing our minds and going jumping right into topic before we realize that Brady's just trolling us. <laughs> and he has no idea, no idea what we're even talking about.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I do yeah. you like a good sports movie though, and um, and and like the the histo- historicity of sports i like that like learning about like michael jordan playing basketball and how dominant he was or remember the titans great movie but for whatever reason watching actual sports just does not interest me in the yeah. least uh so kind of kind of
1: kind of wrapping things up so what's some advice that we can give people based on each situation so whether you are the person maybe Where you are, maybe you maybe you know some people are still kind of wary with COVID going on, and so they're trying to limit their interaction. And so, what if you're that person to where you only have immediate family or super immediate close friends that you're only really engaging with? Where do you go, right? Because it can be very easy to turn people off. And I talk this about all the time about you know first impressions mattering make matter because you know that one game, and people don't realize there's thousands and thousands of games. So just because you had a bad experience with one game doesn't mean that the other games are going to be bad but a lot of people if they have one bad game experience everything else is a bad that you want to bring to them afterwards um so finding some there's so many different topics or genres or settings of games um you know if you know everything from we talk about all the time wingspan or you're just playing pandemic legacy season zero cold war i mean there's so many different settings historical current themes uh there's a lot of great board games now that are being that have IP it's from Marvel's to movies from books, Oh yeah, um, yeah. like That's the horrified good. games That's or the same people are doing the horrified games. Uh, also now Goonies never say die or something like that is what it's called. So there's really great family weight games that have IPs attached to them because normally it used to be, if there's an IP attached to it, you're like, stay away. This isn't yeah. something we're going to get, but now there's legit games with IPs like back to the future. There was a handful of back to the future games that came out. that were really great. Um, there's the unmatched games where they have like different IP characters that are yeah. doing one v one,
0: and I'm glad we're in this place where, um, where where IPs can mean, and in some t- to cases, like usually mean because a lot of these licenses are so expensive now um, that they do mean that it it's a good yeah. Game.
1: So now it's easier to ask or find out what does my my partner like, what do my children like, what is my um close friends what are what's an, what's an interest of theirs movies films um, setting hobby whatever it might be and there's i feel like in the past couple of years there's been so much of a push on diversity in settings and themes that there should be i could almost say there is there is a good a legit good lightweight family to gateway style game that you can find and i think that for everyone for everyone yep. and uh i think everything from trains to um, i mean we just played a game uh, a month or two ago pan am uh where it's yeah. all about airplanes and this was like a game you bought for like 20 30 bucks at
0: target or something like that well i think i think target had an exclusive but i bought it for 20 bucks on amazon 20 bucks and it was a solid yeah game. i was
1: i was very impressed and it's and it's kind of a historical kind of building routes with airplanes and it wasn't anything complicated but it had really great uh, mechanics they could they could learn we talked about before with some worker placement but if i really want to go there i could just go there ahead of you Um, and so there's so many great options that don't worry about where when can i get brass birmingham or when can i get um terraforming mars played or scythe played just put those out of your mind because the thing is you got to tell yourself these games are still going to be here 30 years from now Mm. no one is going to say hey Cancel culture. And the we,
0: hobby is growing, like, yeah. overall, you know. Yeah,
1: so, like, no one's going to say, hey, scythe, cancel culture, let's just delete it. No one can physically delete your box of scythe. Yeah. You know, someone can, You they can delete these movies or music and stuff on Amazon or Apple, and then, hey, I just don't have access to it. So, like, hey, you know what, you can get the games, put them on the shelf, and say, you know what, I don't have to play these right now, but I have them. I have access to them so focus on what is most fun for those people and the thing is if they're having fun they're wanting to come back and then maybe after the 50th time playing horrified they may finally ask (laughs) what other games can we play yeah because usually you're gonna have to play that game 50 times with them before they finally ask what other games can we play
0: yeah and you really um you really got to work with what you got i remember i was having um i just started at a new uh, workplace uh, not too long ago. And so some of the people, I knew some of the people there before. Um, and so they, they kind of spread the word that like Brady likes games. And I remember I was having a conversation. Did with you somebody. tell people
1: that or did someone else who knew you? Someone else who knew
0: that? me mentioned it to some other people. And so I remember uh, I was working alongside someone one day and they're like, Hey, I heard you like games. And I was like, yeah, I do. And And he said, yeah, we love games too. We just played bears versus babies the other day. And mm, like have you heard internally, of it? yeah. Have you heard of it? And this is one. If you don't know what this is, it's a little box you can get it at Target. And I'm sorry if you love Bears versus Babies. To be honest, I've never played it. Uh, yeah, but, but it's it,
1: cards against humanity's apples to apple as, type game. Yeah,
0: and it's like it's the box is furry. It's like the epitome of like let's market to people who have no idea what board games are, and they see this furry box on the thing and think that has to be interesting. And we
1: can sound very elitist when we say that, but there yeah. is just there's different people who don't know anything about board games, but there's just different varying yeah. degrees. And
0: so internally, my eyes like just rolled back into my head. But right there, I was like, yeah, I've I've heard of it. Is that the one with the furry box? And he's like, yeah, that's the one with the furry box. And, and so in, in that moment, you <laughs>
1: knowing something that... The thing is, if he had mentioned that to anyone else at your work, yeah, he probably yeah. would have had no idea. But even though he's at a different gaming level, you still having that yeah. knowledge and insight and like, that is, click for him.
0: That is... Putty in your hands—it's something you can work with. You can right work there, with, and you it. can say, "Hey, this this game, this new game—it's kind of like Bears versus Babies, but a little bit better." And um, but
1: <laughs> but on the other hand, what was the very next thing he asked you about? Uh, he said, "Hey, we well, also really love Talisman. Oh, Have yeah, you played yeah, that
0: talisman, one?" yeah. He asked me about Talisman. And Betrayal of the House on the Hill. And we kind of, I talked talked to him a little bit about like legacy games and like the legacy aspect of it. So we were having that conversation and it was very much a, you know, it was sort of like that measure up uh, conversation. We were kind of, you know, feeling feeling each other out with the, with the games and stuff. Um, But I mean, that's definitely something where in the future I'm going to hold on to that. And if we have, you know, a work, work day, game day, um, how old is he? Uh, there's, well, around our age, him specifically, he was, uh, young 20 something. I don't don't know. You gotta stay away
1: from those young boys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. But on the other hand though, um, let's say that you are, look, you have access to a gaming group or a gaming meetup, whatever, how often maybe weekly, monthly, or maybe, you know, some of the people on a Facebook group that are into gaming, uh, and you're looking to get to know people a little bit better, get acquaintances, friendships, to where maybe you talk outside of gaming or gaming is something that you do to continue your friendship um so what are some things that you can put brady i'll put this on in your kind of uh core what are some things you can prioritize or think about or me, kind of make an objective when you're like hey i know they like these games they're into games that are similar or games we can both kind of enjoy but how do i turn them into a friend or kind of see if a friendship with them is something that we could have
0: yeah, I mean, I remember when you and I met, we we met through spike ball and played games, but we also continued to play spike ball a little bit. And with we met through a mutual friend. And so for a little bit, we were still kind of hanging out with with our, our mutual friend there um, playing spike ball. And so the it, it was not like instantaneously we were playing Great Western Trail together or whatever. Um, we were still kind of in that, um, that middle space where we were trying to establish like a solid game group and just playing with all kinds of people from our, our church to work to, yeah. you know, your At, church, whatever. Once we kind of found
1: each other, it's like, Hey, we got each other like Brady I got your back. Yeah. We'll we'll game together. Where do we, we go from here? <laughs> we were we, I couldn't I have lost count of the different people that have cycled through your table. This table yeah. that we're at right now yeah. at your old got house. A lot of memories. How many different people have cycled through these chairs <laughs> trying to and they were not forced it was like, "Hey, we know you, we're friends to one degree or another. Let's hang out, play some games and let's just see where it goes." Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah, and and a lot of those friends we are still great for casual board games or just, you know, other life things. And so they just aren't quite on that level where they're like wanting to hit those really heavy hitters. But when we have um, you know, birthdays or casual games, we bring over all the friends and play, you know, all kinds of party games and whatever. Yeah. With everybody.
1: So I would say kind of my advice if you find you have a gaming group where you have other people Um, Maybe invite someone to your house. Maybe it's like, hey, you, your spouse, if if you have spouses or anything like that, or maybe your kids, my family and everything kind of get together. You know, when you do meet up and play, you know, take an interest and like, hey, you know, you know, quick things on top, you know, what do you do for work? What's some of your interests and your hobbies? Find things that you can enjoy outside of a game. Because obviously, you know, that's what builds connections uh friendships uh more than obviously it's got to be more than just a game because i wouldn't say the only time we ever you know if all you ever do is just a a game then you can't build relationships but get you know we know each other's families and each other's spouses and each other's friends and we're involved in each other's communities and lives you know and do things externally even though you know board gaming is still a passion and a hobby we're still involved and active and doing all kinds of other things yeah
0: and i know we just came out of you know, pandemic lockdown time. So the idea of going out and meeting new people and interacting can be kind of scary. Um, in all seriousness, I know there's a lot of people, maybe even particularly in the gaming world that deal with a lot of like social anxiety and that sort of thing. And that's no yeah. joke, but it is definitely worth the effort to yeah. just find yourself in community. Even, yeah. That's even, a
1: really, that's a really good point. I think you bring up Brady is, um, that board gaming is a way for people with social anxieties i think because
0: um, as a it, little mediator a mediator because
1: yeah. you know i've always heard you hope know, um someone i knew i can't remember who it was said it but it's like hey bef- before you have dinner you know that was the classic kind of date night with the first date dinner and then a movie yeah, right a movie. Yeah. But they always said do a movie first and then go have dinner yeah why because now you have something to talk about yeah, and so for a lot of people with different social anxieties to one degree or another, or whatever it may be, um, and you know, to everyone it's personal what it may be. But board games, like you mentioned, are a media way for us to do something where you maybe you don't have to focus on talking as much, or maybe I don't you don't have can, to
0: try to come up with sports ball references and stuff because yeah. we got a board game. because I know there's
1: people with you know different maybe um, maybe learning challenges or things like that who do have a hard time talking, but they're very smart. And so they're able to pick up on things and interact with things, but maybe they just have issues with or difficulties, you know, communicating and being out in a big crowded public space with a lot of loud noises. Yeah. So it's definitely worth p- putting an effort to make those connections.
0: Yeah. So if you are a lonely gamer out there, we wish you the best of luck. Keep trying. It's worth it to try to um, build out a solid group. Yeah. I I'm so thankful for like the group that we have here. I know we were talking last week or the week before, maybe about Gloomhaven, and I know you guys are deep in the Gloomhaven sauce. But I think for Jake, Jacob and I, it would not be the same game or the same experience, fun wise. Oh, yeah. without the group, hundred percent, hundred
1: percent agree. Because uh, even you know, because it kind of feeds off of each other's hype and excitement, and want to do it. Trash and, talk. Yeah
0: while I try to scamper around and get those coins, you guys are all always hating. I'm yeah. Like- and that's why I
1: say for, if you're, if you have access to gamers, if you can become friends, I'll say it would make the gaming experience that much better. Yeah, for sure. righty, So I think that's kind of round up our main topic, but let's get into our monthly segment here. Year versus year. What we do here is, uh, we randomly generate a year, um, from two, let's say 2000 to 2021. And, uh, we go through it, we find three games that we use to defend that year to see if we can compete and if it's a better year than the other one, uh, the other person here. So, Brady, what right. years do we have?
0: All right, Matthew, coming at you is the wonderful year of 2011. 2011, Matthew, okay. Where, where were you in 2011, really quick? I graduated
1: high school in 2013, um, so junior, a so sophomore year of high
0: school. wow. There you go, folks.
1: Which is kind of crazy to put in perspective because 2011, (laughs) when you say it doesn't feel like it was that long ago,
0: that was 10 years years ago. ago. I was a sophomore in high school.
1: Um, And so, like I said, I didn't even get into games or even know what board gaming was until (laughs) 2015 or
0: 2016, about a, junior. The, two, 2015 was when Tara and I went to Gen Con for the first time. So yeah. I was I was like that yeah. deep in the sauce back then. Yeah, and so there was
1: years, obviously years and years of great games that came out before I even knew they existed.
0: All right, and I have 2016, which is when I was in Asia trying to build up a little game group over there. All right.
1: Alrighty, so I can kind of get us off and roll in here. So 2011 um, looks like it's a questionable year. I definitely don't think (laughs) anyone
0: would put this. I feel like pre 2015 is like can be very hit or miss. Yeah,
1: because I mean, I'm trying to think back when Kickstarter really got going. Maybe 2014, 15 ish. Yeah, Um, and so a lot of these kind of bigger, grandiose type games um, were missing out. Um, so, some of the ones that I'm going to put on here, and I think this one definitely gives me a leg up, is Game of Thrones, the board game second edition.
0: Oh, you're speaking my language. Yeah,
1: so I'm going to go with that just because Brady uh, really likes it. And the second one here, and it's a it's 15th, it's still ranked 15th overall, which I think for 10 years still holds up really well, is Castles of Burgundy. I don't know that you've had a chance to play it.
0: This is one that has like been on my list for forever. I've been really wanting to play it, and it seems like it is that perfect way that i like like similar to like concordia or something
1: yeah i would agree with that i played it for the first time about a month ago or so um it's definitely and it was on my list of games to want to play i definitely it's a game you want to play and when you play you can you can see where other games have learned from it or taken inspiration i definitely think it it has gotten like a a 10-year anniversary it wasn't really much of a change at all i think it could use a bit of a facelift for the game maybe make it a little more interactive Um, But it's definitely a game that I'm glad I played. I wouldn't be opposed to playing it very periodically, but it's not a game I'm going to be actively pursuing to play. Um, So that's my one and two. And with my third one, oh my gosh. I'm going to have to go with, I guess, Dungeon Pets.
0: (laughs) What? That's the best you could come up with, Dungeon Pets.
1: Well, I mean, I'm making an argument, right? I okay. could have picked, I could have picked Mage Knight, Eclipse, Trajan, Lord of the Rings, the card game. Um, but I picked okay. Dungeon Pets. This is actually another game that I have wanted to play forever. It's a worker placement game where you're creating these, you're raising these little uh, dragons. dragons. And stuff. Yeah, to uh, me, but it's the a game artwork. That a lot of people like me.
0: The artwork is just, it's just, it looks like it looks a lot older than 2011. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, and I believe this was, let me double check, I believe this was another Vlada. Not Vlada. Yeah, it was a Vlada. Yeah, it was another Vlada game. He is a very diverse, diverse collection of games. Um, All right,
0: well, so I'm coming at you with 2016, and Matthew, I'll say this right up front. I can only imagine. I think if there was any year that was made for Matthew Graham, it was 2016. So here's what we're starting with. Scythe, Terraforming Mars. Okay. And Great Western Trail. Oh, (laughs) that
1: doesn't even compare to the like those three games right there. Could go round
0: around with almost
1: any other year you want to stack up games. I know. And
0: then, I mean, to follow that up, we had 2017, which was like back to back. Those were two just crazy, yeah, years. Uh, Some other things we have in here are we have Lorenzo il Magnifico another great one Vast I know you're a big fan of We've that We've only we played got, once No well oh I've played Actually yeah this is Okay no no yeah this is the Crystal Caverns I've also played the Mansions
1: Yeah we have played the Mansions
0: Um we have Sushi Go in here which is a and King Domino one the Yeah it's show.
1: crazy it's crazy to think of the difference in gaming between just Five years, five years 2011 yeah. to 2016 um I, I think the difference between 2011 to 2016 is bigger than the difference in gaming from 2016 to 2021 and when i talk about that it's like
0: oh absolutely I mean, ma- we're still playing all of these yeah i mean these are like fairly new games because
1: and it, and it, it, it does make me kind of question like where is gaming going to be at 10 years from now around 2030 because like there's such a huge, big gap. I'd say 2011, like I said, 2011 to 2016, and these ne- in these past four or five years of of just really great big games coming out. But it's like ten years from now are there like are there really going to be that many more new mechanics that like I know there's like a lot of these Lacerda games, but yeah. they're adding unique mechanics. But the difficulty level, these on Mars and all this Lisbo are like five out of five difficulty level and complexity. Yeah. You know where. Where are games going to be at? like I'm sure the-
0: they'll come up with new mechanics. I mean, even now, we will, are occasionally graced by you know some new, truly revolutionary thing. My yep. thing is, I really want to see original um, and new themes. Like, I'm yep. thinking about Scythe. That theme was just...
1: Outside like, the box and everything. Really
0: outside the box. Really cool. The artwork was amazing. Um, and I would take that any day over another Marvel game or even another Lord of the Rings game. I love Lord of the Rings, yeah. but like let's come up with
1: something I'm I'm still not on the train of of electronics or sorry, like um iPads or computer or app driven integrated strongly into games. And I really don't ho- I really hope that designers or publishers like what is the next gimmick or really cool thing we can do? Let's just make this all because we have video games, right? I don't want it to have that direction. I, I want board yeah. games to stay distinct now, I like app-assisted very lightly, like when we're playing Gloomhaven. Narration, yeah. With some, It reads off the narration with some background. That's great. It doesn't affect mechanics of gameplay. We use the Gloomhaven um, assistant thing where it just keeps track of the cards that would be associated uh, yeah, the with monsters the monsters. It doesn't change the mechanics or gameplay. I don't want it... I'm not a fan. I don't know if you've seen the new Descent edition that's come out and everything where it's like Mansions of Madness or Lord of the Rings Journey of Middle Earth kind of app integrated to where yep. you have to look like when Tom Vassel was talking about his review for the game he said I could almost just kind of like play it on my iPad
0: because yeah. everything was on
1: the iPad what the the terrain the board the monsters I was just replicating what was on the iPad onto the board
0: Yeah, that's a little unfortunate.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I don't I don't want it to go that far, but I think unique theming um it I, obviously we're not designers we can't answer like what is the new cool mechanic that's going to come out it'd be interesting if we kind of really sat down and analyze games and see what was like the most revolutionary mechanic in the past five years yeah like obviously you know worker placement and deck building they've been around for a while but like in the past five years what's been the most like new revolutionary kind of mechanics i think that'd be a great topic for us to do but it is interesting to see what it's going to look like
0: yeah, I I agree with you with the digital stuff. I I'm not one of those people who are like keep your apps away from my games and that sort of thing like really hard. But um, yeah, I just I I want my board games to stay yeah. board games. I have an Xbox and you know a Switch and all that stuff for video games, but board games are just something special and different. Uh, it's very personable. Yeah. because um, I
1: enjoy the apps or little stuff that actually lets me focus on the actual board and then she's kind of in the background, like the narration and stuff like that. I think that's great because it actually makes, because I remember the very first time we sat down to play, uh, the, kind of the legacy campaign versions of, of the, of Scythe, what is it? Fenris. Yeah, Rise of Fenris, Rise of Fenris or whatnot. There's like pages of these backstories, and I just start reading it. And at one point, we <laughs> yeah. all just kind of, you all kind of looked at me as like, okay, we gotta stop because it's yeah. been like four or five it minutes of like, reading. Yeah,
0: like four pages of reading. And I like, all right, just skip to the end. My goodness.
1: And I didn't realize I just started reading it because like that was kind of the first campaign <laughs> yeah. kind of thing yeah, that I'd was done. Funny. And but that's just like no one. If you want that, you know, you can read a book, yeah. but.
0: I'm They're excited d- to see what happens with a sworn and how they have integrated that with the app. Yeah. and Yeah. Now, so. I,
1: what I think would be cool, and I've seen like people do prototypes. Are these uh, these tables that have like holographic type st- oh, stuff man. coming Don't up? Don't even go there. That, Don't go, that, go that's, there.
0: That's way in the future. It's probably like next year. But like but. <laughs> kind of like Yu Gi
1: Oh, right? We have like these kind of like a combat game, and like I make a move, in my I can see my little figures actually going up there and doing stuff.
0: Yeah, like the the hollow chest on on uh, the Millennium Falcon or whatever. Yeah.
1: Uh, so kind of like that.
0: Yeah. Um, but I don't think we'll get I'm there in 10 years. I'm looking forward to
1: those days. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to be it for this week's episode. Um, yeah. Go out and make friends and go out and become friends with your gamers. Gaming friends. Um, anything else? Any? I know one thing I'm going to... Well, do you have any new games that you've been looking at or want to get into? Well, I know we mentioned uh, the Song of Ice up, and Fire.
0: Yeah, we're, uh, that, we're still teetering on the fence with that. If you're a fan of I- Song of Nice and Fire, hit us up with why we need to jump into it. I also just did buy this little game called Crossfire. I don't know. It's set in the same world as Specter Ops, yeah. but I'm probably going to try to work that one over with the family tonight for dinner. So. Yeah.
1: One game that David made a mention to me after we were talking about Viticulture and liking the idea of like you can take any action, But once you take an action at a certain point, you can't go backwards to any previous actions. Uh, Is a game called Igizia. And they had the new edition, Igizia Shifting Sands.
0: I think I have heard of that. Yeah.
1: Essentially, the main premise is you have these boats that are your work. It's worker placement, right? But it's kind of you're going down the Nile each round and you can go as far down as you want, but you can never put your boat higher up than the previous boat Mm, when you're going down the river. So it's kind of constant. Do I go and grab that first? But then I'm leaving all that other stuff back for other people to get. So, I think it'd be an interesting one to try out because I love that tension of decision making. Oh, but I think that'll be it. Um, so, I'm Matthew. I'm Brady. And this has been The
0: A Discussion, Discussion Phase.
1: Phase. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Discussion Phase. If you join our content and like to hear more, make sure to tune back every week for new episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at the discussion phase for new posts and reviews uh, and game unboxings. You can also join in on this discussion and send us your thoughts on any of these topics at the discussion phase at gmail.com.
0: Thanks everybody.